Hi, I'm Matt Falk, coming at you from Hadi Da Studio. Welcome to episode 20 of Past, Present, Future, the only podcast in the universe that dares to appease the ghosts of comedy past, comedy present, and comedy yet to come. Hey, thank you to everyone who came out to see me in Regina on January 20th. That was so much fun. Next up, you can see me in Calgary on March 3rd, and then Quebec on April 18th. There's a link in the show notes with all that information. All right, enough about me. My guest today is a stand-up comedian, author, and voiceover artist. He's done all the major TV comedy tapings in the country, including Just for Laughs, the Halifax Comedy Festival, the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, and even has a Comedy Now special. He's all over CBC Radio. You can hear him on Laugh Out Loud, This Is That, and he's one of the most frequently returning stars on the hit show, The Debaters. CBC Radio called him, quote, one of the smartest comics out there. He's a voiceover actor on two Netflix shows, Beat Bugs and The Last Kids on Earth, both of which have won Emmy Awards. He's worked with Sarah Silverman and Mark Marin, even appearing on his podcast, WTF. As an author, he's written seven books and co-authored an additional three. One of his books was shortlisted for the Hubert Evans Nonfiction Prize, and another was nominated for a BC Book Prize. His comedy album, Fatherhood, was nominated for a Juno in 2018, and his latest comedy album, I Hope I Don't Remember This My Whole Life, is available now through 604 Records. Please welcome Charlie Demers. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Matt. That's uh, it's so nice that when you hear your life like that, you think, yeah, I did okay. It's uh, it's it's not as hopeless as it feels every waking moment. It's never as hopeless as it feels in the waking moments. I I find no. that in those moments of deep REM sleep, that's that's the most accurate version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one where your granny is still there with you. Those are nice moments. So yeah. you, you have a, we've only kind of really even met each other in person a few times as you know, you do mm-hmm. when you're in the Canadian comedy scene, you bump into each other at festivals, but you have a, a close place in my heart that you don't really know about. Let me explain. Oh, I've wanted to do the debaters for a long time. It was a very, uh, you know, it was one of my favorite shows. I, I love I loved the debaters and I still do. And I was trying to get on it for a while and, and and nothing was really lining up. And then someone reached out to me and said, we're thinking about having you on to talk about movie musicals. And we think that the best person to debate you would be Charlie Demers. Now this didn't work out. You, I ended up debating Dean Jenkinson, but still you were the person that I heard when I heard that oh. I was going to be on the debaters for the oh, first time. Wow. So, and then so I what? chatted with you about that and uh, you had talked to me a little bit about how you write for the debaters and all that kind of stuff. And so you've always kind of, you've loomed highly in my mind since then. Oh, well, that's very sweet. I, and I, 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 I can very much relate to that uh, memory. Cause I, I know what you, I know what you mean about like someone who doesn't even necessarily play that huge uh, a role in the plot of a memory, but that just the <laughs> fact that they were there or the kind of like character actor part that they played in the uh, uh, in in what happened. There's a uh, there's a guy named Jim who helped me find the room where my wife was doing her thesis defense when she got her <laughs> master's, and okay. he happened he happened to enter the room ahead of me when I came in, and literally 
whenever my wife thinks of getting her master's degree or whenever she thinks of it, she goes, ah, oh, Jim, like, <laughs> like him just walking into the room. So I feel like I'm the Jim of your uh, debaters. You uh, are. Uh, appearance. Yeah. You are the Jim. That's very nice. I'm, now I'm going to have to call you Jim next time I see you and then we'll see if you remember this <laughs> moment. But I remember specifically too, because you had, you, when I, I was so excited to be on the show and I said, I think I'm going to be on it. I think I might be debating you. And you had told me, I, I'm not going to get the exact wording right, but you had said like that you just love the debaters and like you found the debaters was like a home for your unique way of writing. Like it was like, I, I finally found a place that like is perfect for my comedic style. And that was just so inspiring and so exciting. And it just invigorated me to like get to work and, and make a, make a great debate. Oh well, I'm 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 very happy to hear that. What what I what I probably told you because it's what I say incessantly uh, to you was just that that the debaters uh, of of everything I do is my favorite thing, and that if I if I could just make a living doing the debaters, like if you could just kind of go town to town with a lunch pail, uh, <laughs> making an episode of the of the debaters every week, that that's probably what I would do yeah as opposed to writing books or doing stand-up it's the thing that is uh it doesn't leave any part of me on the table you know like uh when when i'm when i'm writing books the the performance side of me is kind of not really uh going when i'm doing uh the kind of cartoon voices it's the 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 writing side of me kind of gets gets left out the the stand-up gets gets close to it but uh there's there's just not that same kind of understanding that there is when you're doing a, a recording of the debaters that like i'm gonna come out i'm gonna make a, an argumentative case for something and i i was a big um high school debater which is how i uh first kind of got the chance to do okay uh, the, the the debaters i was a um a, a very high level high school debater so I I, I, I I I'm only saying this because we're talking about the debaters this is not something that I break out when I uh, you don't just bring this up to brag yeah okay I, I don't um but so in in my grade 12 year I went to I was uh, the the team captain of the Canadian um, team that went to the world schools debate championships um wow. that was actually in in jerusalem that year which is wait nuts what because yeah it was um it was in pittsburgh a few years later so like <laughs> literally they're this, all over the place they're all over the place and i had never left north america i was one of only two like public school kids who was on on this team it was it was this you know just complete otherworldly experience but you know so i had gone through the kind of like regionals provincials gone to the nationals and 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 made the the world's team so i had i had debated at a kind of very competitive level and i had a wow. a, a sketched partner when i had early in my um comedy career who was um a few years older than me and had been doing comedy a little longer and he had already done a couple episodes of the debaters i think might have even been at the first recording in in winnipeg because oh, wow. he had 
debated Lara Ray about immigration on on the on the debaters right, like right. and and this was my first episode was when Sean Majumder was um still hosting so uh this this is like early early and um Paul said to Richard Side the creator of the debaters he said um oh my sketch partner was a debate kid in high school you you got to have him on the show and that was what kind of got me into the uh, and then so what Richard found was Oh, here's here's this guy who really understands the mechanics of debate, uh, along with the kind of the comedy stuff. That's so. So it was these like past experiences that like melded perfectly into this one thing. I can see why it it does hold such a a, a high place in your heart because I mean that makes complete sense. All these things it must have felt like every decision you had made in your life was leading up to this point. The fact that I'm going to comedically debate now. It's like this is this is why I went to Jerusalem, baby. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know it was perfect. It was, it, it's how I imagine, like, if you were some, if you were like a gymnastics, uh, if you were really good at gymnastics or something like that, and then if, if did some kind of like big clowning or acrobatic, like somebody said, like, okay, now it's going to be comedy plus football or comedy plus gymnast. Like, it was just yeah. like somebody said, here's the variable, and the and the variable is everything you've been doing. Yeah, uh, and and so it was. Uh, um, it has it has a very 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 special place in my heart as as a show. I mean it's I mean now it's been going on for forever, uh, close to twenty years. That's insane. And it sounds like when you were on at the beginning, they were debating real things. You said they debated immigration on that first step. Like now they're debating whether or not tuna salad is good. So I think they've they've yeah. moved off of that. <laughs> Yeah, That's there are good. there are there there are slightly goofier um, resolutions. Our first uh, our first debate was uh, about the Olympics. Um, then we did the uh, uh, we did the uh, existence of God was my second um, wow. was my second debate. So holy cow, it was, which was which was very very heady. Um, yeah, I would heady assume stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's not really like a Fozzie Bear kind of a debate. We're just no, kind of like, no. let's let's have some fun up here and debate the existence yeah. of God. That's that's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, the debaters is still like my favorite. Every time I go on the show, I'm just I feel it's still one of those moments where every time Steve introduces me to come up on stage, even during like the sound rehearsal, like the tech rehearsal, I feel like, holy cow, I'm listening to the radio show. And, but I'm the one, I'm the one now who has to walk up there yeah. and say hello or push the little like but thing. And, you know, yeah. it just, it, it still makes me feel like I need to pinch myself. And, uh, oh, see, I was going to ask you more questions, but of course we're getting interrupted. So uh, I'm so sorry, Charlie. We're going to get our first ghost here now. Okay. I am the ghost of comedy past. Today I take you to the comedic influence that has stayed with you. Interesting. Okay, so we have comedic influences in our lives, and personally, mine have changed drastically over time, but there usually is that one, one or two, that that stayed with you the entire time. Who, Who was that for you? Uh, yeah, and and you know who um, that has not uh, been canceled is yeah. the other uh, <laughs> is the other equation. Sure. Uh, yeah. Who 
who has influenced you that society has not uh, determined to be a monster or um, is actually a monster? Uh, Let's also make sure that's pretty clear. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I did not. That was not me trying to triangulate my way out. Of, uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Oh no. Oh no, Matt. Now, now I'm. Uh, can Can we explain that I'm like just having my morning coffee while we're recording this? That was not me trying to take a stand against. <laughs> cancel culture or something like that. <laughs> I think if any I think if anyone is even slightly familiar with your work or with your past, okay. I think they'll understand yeah. very quickly that that's not okay. the stance you were taking. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I think thank you're you. one you're safe. Yeah. Um so I I I would have to say that there 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 are a number of um there they come from different places. Okay. One person who I keep coming back to he wasn't somebody who was there when i when i was a kid but from i would say my kind of early 20s on has yeah. been um has been steve coogan from the from the uk um so he okay. does alan partridge and tommy saxondale and like does a lot of like character work but then also does the sort of films with um, my, uh, directed by Michael Winterbottom and the uh, Rob Brydon uh, is in them, the Trip movies. Um, and there's there's something about Coogan that there's there's kind of a like he's so 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 funny, but then there's also this kind of tragic sort of thwarted longing to also be more serious or do something with more heft to it and this mm -hmm. kind of self-consciousness that he has and this uh this this feeling like you know i i could just be uh funny you know but i'm trying to do this but then he's self-conscious that he's that he's not being as funny as he could be uh because he's not there's just something about what he's doing as a, as a career across projects that yeah. uh just completely captures captures me i can re-watch his stuff over and over and over he was in um, stan and, and ollie and, that uh the laurel and hardy movie right that's right that's yeah. right yeah that's right he's uh and that's another thing that i i really um find super compelling about him is that he's just got that uh he's got that deep kind of connection to and love of the kind of the comedy history and film history so he was a, he was a guy that you were watching before you got into stand-up as well is that true or, or or was it more when you first started? I think uh, so my my first kind of memories of uh Steve Coogan would be when he was in Tristram Shandy and I reviewed that when I was a young film reviewer which was mm -hmm. just around the time I was getting into stand up. So I You were like, a film reviewer before you got into stand up? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah interesting yeah, at the okay. same time yeah i was oh, wow. i was a freelance i was a, fr a freelance film and, and book reviewer so i was so i was trying to be I, I was trying to get into writing and so part of it was that i thought uh i can i can learn how to write better and get a kind of education in in film and and books by getting paid a very small amount to uh, write these <laughs> 
reviews. And so they, they'd send me review copies of books and they'd send me out to these uh, critic screenings of, of, of films. I was writing for an, a newspaper in, in Vancouver called The West Ender. And it was, yeah, it was great. I mean, when I, when I met my wife, I was, I was 25 years old and I had no mm-hmm. money. And, and most of our first dates were like, she would come to me, she would come with me to the, um, to the theater when I was reviewing wow. plays and because yeah. I would always get like a plus one. Oh, that's great. Yeah. All of our first dates were like, she would come with me to comedy shows or she would come with me to these plays that I was reviewing. Um, I, I love that. But, and I, I yeah. think it's so, it's so fitting too of like, um, like what Steve is doing is kind of the same kind of vein that you're doing, taking these multifaceted things. And and that might, I think I'm getting tapped right now on the shoulder, which means that I think this ghost has a question that's right around these lines. Give me a second here. Okay. Oh. I am the ghost of comedy present. Answer this. How do you keep your ideas organized? Oh, I'm trying to, how is that related? Oh, I see. I can understand why that's related because you're you're a multifaceted human being. You do books. You write plays. You you do stand up. When you get an idea, how how are you keeping these ideas organized? Are you automatically saying, "Oh, this is a good idea for my book. This is a good idea for stand up," or do you sometimes get ideas and you don't know where they're going to fit? How do you keep them all organized? Oh, that's very good. That's uh, so so. I have my my two big systems are um, the iPhone notes, and then I've got yes. a. Uh, I'm the uh, only person in the world who still uses certain, certainly of my age, who uses a a paper calendar book. I have a small um, little paper yes. um, moleskin calendar. Yes. So people can never understand when I go, like they'll say, uh, "Oh, can you do such and such a date?" And I go, "Oh, I just got to get home. Uh, I didn't bring my calendar with me." Or like, I've, and the people are like, "What the? What are you talking about? Like, do, you're talking to me on your phone. You're answering me on your calendar." Um, but your calendar takes wonderful pictures. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's um, so. So I'll write um, joke ideas up in 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 the um iphone notes um and ideas occasionally for um for like a story or uh, like something that's a i guess narrative um so an idea for um something longer um a script or a or a or a or a novel or something i will try and um uh occasionally it'll be a voice memo if I can't write it down, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll either kind of write it down as a, as a, in, in the notes or what I will often do. Um, and th- at, th- at some point in a narrative project, this will always happen is that yeah. I'll sit down, uh, with a blank piece of paper, I'll draw a line, um, down the middle of it. So, so I'll turn the page, um, sideways so that I'm looking okay. at it as a kind of sidelong rectangle. Sure. I'll turn, I'll, I'll draw a line down the middle of it. And so that's like now the, the, the narrative timeline yes, of the story yeah. that I'm imagining. And then I work off of that timeline as the spine of the story and then i imagine uh, sorry i i just kind of annotate along um along that uh spine 
I love it. So are you excited by format and structure? Because I, I am. I, I love like um, – I know you break the rules too, but like something about fitting into a structure just is so satisfying. So I'm assuming by the fact that you're you're following it on a timeline, does that mean – is that about structure or is that about like the – the process of like, hey, this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. Yeah, it's it's a it's about both, and I would say that my uh, my relationship to structure has uh, maybe appropriately enough evolved over time, and I mm-hmm. um, used used to have kind of no interest in it, um, and mm-hmm. and then in, increasingly um, increasingly was was really kind of converted to structure as a, a very very important part of any kind of storytelling um endeavor and uh so then got really into um uh I, like when i'm in the the part of a book process that's like the book proposal or like sure, pitching yeah. imagining the idea that that can sometimes almost to my deficit, like almost to my downfall. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I can get really just so excited about that part yeah. that then once that's done, it's like the, it's like, it feels that feels creatively finished to me. Yeah, I like, did it. I like, did it. Yeah, I came I up with the story, yeah. but now you have to actually write exactly. it. Well, that seems like a lot of work. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like we all know what the story is now. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Can we just leave it at that? Yeah, yeah. At this point, I'm just coloring in. Yeah, uh, you know, I already did all the like. Um, so, so yeah. But I, 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 I do, I do like structure, and I do. Um, uh, I, it, it's something that I, I came to. I would say, like mid, mid career of what I've lived so far. So hopefully, yeah. it will appear <laughs> the first, to be the first quarter. Early. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It will appear to be early career uh, by the end of my life, but um, <laughs> it, it was um, my the my favorite book of mine that I've written was uh, was was mapped out um, so um, intricately uh, mm. that essentially all all I had to do every day when I was writing was uh, like i knew each chapter what yeah. had to happen yeah and i just sat down that day and wrote 1500 words in which wow. as long as i made this much as as long as this ground was covered i could yeah. do whatever else i wanted to with the 1500 words and i i think i you know I think I typed that book and, you know, cause you don't want to say I wrote that book in, no. in however long, cause the process is much longer, but that I think I typed that book in, in something like six weeks. And uh, um, it just kind of, it was, that's, that was how much that structure, um, can you know, that having been said, I've had a timeline up on the whiteboard in my office for um, several months now that is pretty fleshed out. It's pretty, but, and I I've been completely spinning my wheels. So it it can sometimes, sometimes structure gives and sometimes structure uh, just still stares at you blankly. Yeah. It's all about, it all depends on the project and also all depends on the moment of time that you're living in. And it was funny that you talk about the length of time it takes to write. Cause I always think about that when I think about Stallone, how he said he wrote Rocky in three days and like, is that, is that true? Oh, yeah. Or is it like, you know, like, yeah, like I thought of the story in three days, but then it took me six months to write it all out. Like what, like what's the actual yeah. timeline for, I never know. And 
Sorry, once again, we're getting interrupted. I know we oh, could talk about this okay. forever. I'm so sorry, Charlie. <laughs> last, this is the last ghost, my friend. I am the ghost of comedy yet to come. What is one creative thing you've wanted to do, but have never done? All right. As a oh. man of, of multiple talents and multifaceted career, what is that thing that you've wanted to do creatively that you've never done? Oh, man. I, I mean, there, there, are, <clears throat> there are genuinely, there are so many things. I believe um, that for you. I, and, and, there are, uh, and there are things that I've, um, that I've done, but it's like, okay, have you, have you done them yet? You know, so we um, was lucky enough to have uh, that book that I was just talking about was optioned and, and we wrote um, a screenplay for it. I, you know, I, I, nice. that was a great feeling. Will it, will it feel will it feel real if and until unless and until that if movie ever gets made like i i don't know it would i would love to make a real movie that that is actually um you know projected up onto a screen i think um if i'm if i'm being like genuinely honest with myself like i i i i've gotten to like limb the world of uh, <laughs> movies. I've I've written a screenplay. I've been like I've been hired to write a uh, guild governed screenplay. It was it was a wild experience, but um, uh, I think I think I would you know the idea of getting to actually see yeah. um, words that I wrote um, kind of projected up onto a screen um, that or something with music. I think like I, I would love to. No, you can't uh, have two answers. Um, nope. Nope. No, not, okay. You can't. You can't. Okay. It's impossible. It's imp <laughs> You can't. You have too much going on. That's it. You got <laughs> See, this is the problem. This is the problem. I was having this conversation <laughs> with my wife the other day. The like the thing about Confucius, like the Confucius, um, uh, a man who chases two rabbits, catches neither. Yeah. Um, I just feel like a guy who, who ch ch was chasing five rabbits and then like caught none of them and then I spent all of the rest of his time just envious of all the like he caught that brown <laughs> rabbit and he caught that white rabbit and he caught that patchy rabbit and she caught that yellow rabbit and and I was like yeah well if you had just picked one of the rabbits maybe you'd have one well um, I, but, I, uh, I I will yeah. say I will stop you in a second say that I think that you've you've caught a tremendous amount of rabbits but I can completely oh, relate wow. to that and as <laughs> As, as we only have a couple minutes left, I, I wanted to ask you, as we wrap up, as we always do, uh, what have the ghosts taught you today? They brought you on this journey. It wasn't by accident that you went to these three locations. What's the revelation you've had? That it's not just that society thinks that these canceled comedians are monsters. <laughs> That stuck with you the whole interview. That's yeah, all you've that's thought about. Big, that's the big, that's the, uh, that's if you really want insight into how my mind works, not only is that all I've been thinking about for the rest of the interview, that's all I'll think about for the rest of the week. But uh, <laughs> I think, I think you and I are more similar than you think because. <laughs> no, it's uh, this is, this is podcast times. Yeah. Let's all be very clear that Charlie yeah. is not anti-cancel <laughs> yeah. culture. He, in fact, I've seen yeah. him personally cancel 12 people. So 
Oh yeah, yeah. I in fact, in fact, I'm what I'm trying to do here is get canceled. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Listen to me. Um, the, uh, uh, I would say um, one thing that I think is has been revealed to me is that uh, I mean, it's like it's like you say, there is something in Coogan's body of work um, that that it is similar. Um, to what I've been yeah. trying to do, and 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 then I think also speaks to that kind of like chasing multiple rabbits thing, and that's mm. the that's the that's the risk, you know the uh, the the banal or or kind of um, flavorless colorless way of saying it is that kind of jack of all trades master sure, of none sure. um, right. thing, but the the I think the the kind of the the Confucian aphorism gets at something that's a little bit more, um, I think, human and almost kind of like, almost kind of a Greek tragedy where the thing, the thing that is driving you, the, 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 the passion uh, is the thing that leads to the downfall. It's, you know, the, the wanting, uh, picking all these different things out on the horizon that you want to try, that you want to do, that you want to uh, play with. But also, if that is your inclination, if that is the kind of the, the way that you were built, if, you, if you're like a fox instead of a hedgehog, you know, creatively, I, I, don't, I don't know how much, uh, you know, absolute freedom you have to just kind of turn that, off about yourself like sure. uh, you know the, if, if you're called into um a kind of a kind of creativity that um that 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 does chase an, a number of different rabbits then you just, just kind of have to maybe accept the risk that that comes with that and so i feel, mm. I feel like you know maybe, maybe I'm a little bit more for, forgiving of myself Good. Yes, absolutely. You should be. And i think the beautiful thing too is you chase those rabbits Charlie, because you love those rabbits and that's why you're chasing them. And that's so cool. And the thing that we kind of started off with saying when you, you know, went to this debate class and, and you went all the way to Jerusalem and, and then you were funny and uh, into all these different things and they all converged into the debaters, which has become this thing that is like your favorite thing to do. And it felt like all paths were leading to that. And then I hear you talk about the future and say what you'd really, really love is to see your words up on a big screen and to have these movies get made as close as you are to having that done. I, I don't doubt for a second that it's going to happen and that when your wildest dreams do come true, even these dreams with music that you we didn't have time to talk about today, when they happen, you're going to look back and go, well, of course, it was inevitable. All paths were leading to that. And I'm sure so much of that has to do with... And maybe there's, you know, work that we can do in ourselves, people like me and you who are excited about all these different things of focusing and all that stuff. But a lot of it, you'll look back and say, well, I'm so glad I chased those rabbits because they all kind of came together nicely and uh, made this beautiful career for myself. And that's already been happening for you. And I don't anticipate that to slow down anytime soon. Oh, that's very kind. That's very generous. And, and also, thank you for not trying to extend the rabbit metaphor i was like is he gonna say <laughs> rabbit stew 
<laughs> some sort of ra- some sort of multi rabbit soup. Like what is the? You tried to chase the rabbits uh, and, and I, you found an antelope, and that I I, I was debating <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to go with the metaphor, but I decided yeah. I'll leave that to someone yeah, a little bit more yeah. clever than I. Man, thank you so much, Charlie. This was this was an absolute treat for me and uh, a pleasure. And well, uh, likewise. Where, where do we find you, Charlie Demers? Where do we find you? Um, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Charlie Demers. That's more or less the only place I exist on the internet. I have a Substack, but it's dormant and has been for um, you know more or less since I had a uh, my wife had a second baby. Yes, um, and uh, uh, so um, but that's. Uh, uh, charliedemares.substack.com that that may um, kind of uh, revive um, someday yeah otherwise you can just find the books wherever books are sold and um, uh, you can listen for me on uh, CBC Radio 1 that's right and we'll put a link to all that stuff in our show notes a big thank you to my wonderful guest Charlie Demares thank you to the ghosts of comedy past present and future and most of all dear and wonderful listeners thank you to all of you thank you for subscribing and reviewing the show and uh, sending it out to all your friends it means so much hey I'm Matt Falk until next time God bless us everyone everyone